Welcome to the Itty Bitty Podcast. If you're new to the show, what the fuck took you so long to find us? Just kidding. We're on episode 30. Um, Yeah, so if you've been listening to the show since the beginning, I appreciate it. 30 episodes, so that's 30 episodes of not only this show, but also Choice Nugs Only. So we've got 60 shows combined. Um, and I actually started looking at the, the breakdown. So I looked at the breakdown for the last six months, which is what we've been pretty much doing the podcast for. And we've been broadcast to 18 different countries. So I'll read a couple of them just to say a quick shout out if you've been listening from there. But U.S., Canada, Mexico, U.K., France, Greece, Austria, Thailand, India, South Africa, Sierra Leone, Spain, Italy, Australia, Brazil, Romania, Finland, Colombia, and I think that's most of them. Um, but yeah, so here's to the next 30 episodes in the next 18 countries. Um, hopefully we do it even faster. Um, appreciate everybody listening and checking us out. Um, my guest this week is Joey Lux. And we're going to start taking a a pretty in-depth look into esports. So if you've listened to the podcast before or Choice Nugs Only, you know that I'm a gamer. I love to play video games. It's a pastime. I'm a casual gamer. But I know that esports is kind of taking over. It's getting big. It's huge. So I wanted to kind of look at all the different aspects of esports and do a couple different interviews with different people. So... First episode would be, um, like I said, Joey Lux from MontrealGaming.com, and uh, our inter- interview was really interesting. Uh, it was the first of ev- of of couple we're gonna do, and this one was more general. So we kind of gives you an overview. If you're not not familiar with what esports is, start with this episode, and then obviously the next ones will come as the weeks go on. I haven't decided if I'm gonna do them every week, um, but let me know. Um, drop us a line whether you you know do it on the the website or on Instagram and let us know what you think if we should do it each week or if we should do every other but if I don't hear anything I'm probably just going to do each week um but yeah this isn't a podcast about esports it's the itty bitty podcast it's anything but and it starts now welcome to the itty bitty can start and we're rolling right away so joey lux thanks for coming on the show um i like i was just telling you prior to hitting record i'm a a casual gamer i've been a gamer my whole life video games have always been uh one of my favorite things to do um when i have some downtime if i'm you know just trying to kill some time if i want to relax unwind um i love to get into a good video game but a lot of people um are, are unfamiliar, I guess, with, with esports and, and kind of how that has taken video games to another almost intensity. 
So this episode of the show, I kind of wanted to talk to somebody who is knowledgeable about esports. So Joey, thanks for coming on. Um, can you give people a little bit of your background as far as what you know your background is in esports? Uh, okay. Well, yeah. Thanks for having me. By the way. Yeah. Thanks. I for listened to on. a couple of other podcasts you had, and uh, I really like what you're doing right now. I like your vibe. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. I try to keep it. Um, I try to do it stuff that interests me. And uh, and I like to do like a, a top if it's a topic that interests me, I'll do a couple episodes like I might do a few episodes on esports just to kind of get a couple different opinions from different people. Um, and I think that's the, the cool thing about this podcast is that people are open to kind of learning with me. So um, definitely appreciate you checking it out and, and giving it a listen. All right, perfect. Well, let's dive into esports. Um, my background. My background comes from, uh, I guess, like everybody else. I pick, I play video games with my friends, you know, and it went from just let's have some fun together, let's kill time after school on the weekend, whatever we could do, and two, it's like who was the better of my friends, <laughs> who could be at the top of the leaderboard, and it started off like very casually, but that was just not enough. After I started beating my friends, I had to go see what was online, and at the time, online was still new. We were going from 56k modems to DSL and cable for the first time. And that's where, the, I guess, gaming took on, you know, to the internet. And so did my fascination and my start of, and love for esports. So so you've been, you, you started, started with friends? Started with friends. And afterwards, it was like, okay, where's the next level of competition? You know, like, I, I know there's better people out there. I have an Xbox. I have an Xbox Live. I've been. I started with Counter Strike, obviously, StarCraft. Those where you would play. You would connect with your phone online, and you have a 56k modem. Not a lot of people don't remember that, but you would dial in with your phone, your house phone, and you'd hear all these weird sounds, and you'd be collected to online. That's how it worked. So you started <laughs> with Counter Strike. You said was one of the first games you got on. Right. So my stepfather, uh, he had a computer. He had an old school Counter Strike on there, and I was I was fascinated. Obviously, playing with my friends when I was when I went online for the first time and I was playing Counter Strike, I was just another level of intensity. These players were just amazing, right? So I went from being the best of my friends to being the worst player online. <laughs> that was a that was a very big paradigm for me, and uh, yeah, that's that's how I got into it. And after that, I guess it was just progression. I wanted to join these people. I wanted to know who these top players were. I wanted to be just like them, right? And I found my way into the communities any way I can. So I would do help out with the forums. I would mingle with people. Uh, actually held the very first MLG podcast back in the day, an unofficial podcast that we had where we interviewed players and stuff like that. It was just my way of touching in with all these pro players. In. What's the, what's the yeah. MLG podcast? So MLG, uh, it's when, I guess for North America, it's when uh, esports really got to another level. So it went from being the casual stuff that you had in basements around the country to MLG introduced like a first professional circuit that was going to go national. And their job was to take the casual gamer and transform them into a professional athlete with salaries and millions of dollars in their pocket. And they had games like Halo. So that was a big game that they played around at the time. And so what year was this? Oof. So I got into it back in 2000 and early 2000s. I don't remember the exact dates. <laughs> it's been a while. I feel old. Well, no, just, just kind of, I'm just trying to get a, a, I'm 31. And so I'm just trying to get kind of an idea of like the time period 
just because I'm trying to, because I, I, you know, I, I watched, um, what was that channel back? Uh, was it G4? In the US. In, yeah, in the US. G4, yes. G4 was yeah. like my first, like the first time that, and I was young when that came out and G4 came out and that was like the first time you saw video games on, te- it was on television, I believe. It was like a regular channel. Um, I think you might have, right. might've had to pay extra for it. But it was everything Before gaming. It had, TV. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember that. It was a great channel, and it was like it was almost like the first time you saw people playing video games, and you saw that there was like a whole community around video games. They would go to different conventions and do all different types of, uh, you know, all different types of stuff involving video games, all different types of games and genres. So I'm just trying to get an idea of like when when esports kind of took off. You're saying that that they this was in the early 2000s that they were already trying to groom people into like professional athletes you're saying right that's nuts um and so did, well, you gotta like to give it more credibility uh you know quake and counter-strike and starcraft were are a lot older than that we're talking about like the late 90s right right and these tournaments and these these people that's where i kind of got my first whiff of esports so going from my friends to this but where it started to become legitimate, it was later on with MLG. That's like the early 2000s. So there was like a decade oh, okay. of build up to happen, like 2000 hit. And finally, these people in these leagues were like, you know what? Let's there's is there, people are interested in this. People gather around video games just like they gather around their favorite sports team. So let's legitimize it and let's put some money into it and see how the nation takes to it. And contracts were being made sponsorships were coming in tv deals were being made like you said like geforce tech tv mlg had also uh they made uh, a deal with the usa network at the time to globalize and like distribute all their tournaments their from like all their cities tours to finally conclude to a championship finals in las vegas they had everything contracted to present it on the usa network so we're, we were getting into a format that you would also see in the NBA and the NFL where you would have like these long seasons and then, you know, your big championships at the end. Oh, okay. So they they almost like formatted like, like the professional store sports right now that at least we have in the U S. Um, and so did it start like, did it start almost like, um, board games where people would meet at like a hall and start playing that way? Or did it all, was it online instantly? Uh, no, no, no. This started off in land centers and house parties. So like you, your board game analogy is a good one. Uh, I was passionate people who would either throw parties at their house, what we call these land parties. <laughs> and a bunch of us geeks at the time would just, you know, take 300 tons of like computer equipment into their car, drive across town. You'd end up being at somebody's house cramped into a place, plug up all your equipment. You'd be ordering pizzas and energy drinks and you would be playing with your friends an entire weekend and that's where some people are you know they're they're competitive so they start playing with their friends for five ten dollars right. and that's before the internet right that was that, that was how that's how the, the party started uh honestly some of the best experiences i have in my life is driving across country going to these tournaments and then you know <laughs> the wildness of being young ensues but yes that's it started off uh just very casually very amateur like in basements everywhere across the nation and then finally when the internet took and it got easier to access the internet people started taking to the internet to broaden this this passion right i tell um, i it's it's just still kind of blows my mind how 
big esports has gotten. I joke with my mom that, you know, I'm like, you, you crushed my, my dream of becoming a famous <laughs> professional video game player. Like I could be making fucking like millions of dollars right now, but you, you decided to make me go outside and play. Um, I have kind of the same thing as you. I was like, I could have been a professional player, but that hand injury in 99 just took out all my dreams. <laughs> well, if you listen, like if you talk to, if you watch any of the, the stuff going on now, I know it's it's slowly starting to, to kind of make its way into mainstream. I mean, I know the people that know about esports know about it, but the, I know there's a lot of people that still think, you know, video games are childish, they're kid things. It's It's a waste of time. And you have people like um, Gary V, you know, telling parents that, you know, they might have made a mistake in, in letting not letting their child play video games more. Um, and I think we are moving more into like a digital world where, I mean, I, I don't know if you, you keep up with American sports, but the Super Bowl was yesterday. Um, right. Yep. And I noticed uh, there's a, a couple commercials that. I don't know if it was just me, but like, it seemed like they were more gearing them towards kids. Like I, I've, I've been reading, I don't know how true this is or, you know, um, it's hard to, to get any real information these days. Um, but I was reading about how the NFL is having a harder time getting kids to sign up for football. Um, and I can see esports as being an alternative to that. I mean, Madden is one of the biggest games um, at least in the U.S., I don't know. I'm sure it's probably pretty big worldwide, but it's it's one of the bigger games um, around, and I could see that at some point. I know people think that's far fetched, but as people start, you know, realizing the dangers of full contact sports like football, they might start moving. They might start to move towards um, esports. Is that something that you? Um, think as well or is that something that you think is far-fetched like everybody else um so there's I, I saw there's like two topics that you rolled into there so to answer your first one i would give you a good like anecdote um just the same way sports started when you thought of any of your favorite sports today talking about football or um a little bit more up north so uh hockey's in my blood mm -hmm. uh soccer if you think of any of the way they started, it was just a bunch of teenagers and kids who were just too happy to do an activity, right? You just think of your childhood ambitions and how, how fun it was to be outside. That's how kind of sports started. It started about sports where parents probably thought that they were doing something crazy. They're not taking society seriously because they're not contributing or working. These kids are just out there having fun, hitting each other, and it's not going to turn to anything real. And that kind of became more and more legitimate as leagues and people took it more seriously. And now today, they're national sports. So my point is, is that if you look at how it became a childhood game to becoming a full professional sport, esports is no different. We started off as video games, just a waste of time. The outside world doesn't really understand it. And now structure is being brought in. And then more and more, the money's there. And more and more people are taking it seriously. So it went from being a non contributing factor to society to being one of the biggest forms of entertainment in society and on that note following into what you continued to say uh no i don't i don't see i don't think it's going to be uh a direct competitor to sports i think it's going to work alongside sports i don't see sports going anywhere and i do see esports going somewhere so i like you know nba 
professionals are investing into esports. Uh, so is uh, Madden, right? They have their Madden competition for video games. Yeah. They turn that into a league. I think it, they run really well alongside. Ultimately, ultimately, at the end of the day, yeah, it's competition. But for the bigger mass of people, it's it's a form of entertainment. Right. And there's just going to be more options for people. I was going to say, yeah, they're pushing real hard for like the NFL and the NBA players to promote video games. And I think a lot of those guys, you know, probably play video games. So a lot of those guys have to stay out of trouble. Um, and I know for me, I mean, I used to party a lot back. Um, if you've listened to, listened to the podcast at all, you know that I, I did a quite a bit of partying back in my day. Um, but now that <laughs> I, to that. but now, now that I'm a little bit older, I've got a child on the way. I've got to, I've got to kind of rein it in. So video games for me are a good way to kind of save money. I mean, it's, you spend money to, to purchase games, but the amount of money that you save, you know, especially if you're going out to, to a bar or to a club and you're spending all this money on drinks and then, right. you know, dr- you know, a lot of times people are drinking irresponsibly. It's just, for me, it's just a great alternative to on the weekends. You know, if my wife is, my wife works nights, she's at work. It's just something I can do at home and hang out. And, and it's, it, it can be social too. You can either play a single player game you can get in a, a single player game that you like love, or you can jump on multiplayer and play with a bunch of people all over the world. So for me, it's one of those things. It's like you, it can be as social as you want, or it can be as antisocial as as you want. Um, can I ask you, out of curiosity? Yeah. Can I ask you what what do you play? What console do you play? What games do you play right now? Right now, I I've got a PlayStation Four. That's my main console. Um, I, okay. I got a Nintendo Switch. So those are the ones that I mainly play. So I've, I'm rotating between like Luigi's Mansion. And I just finished Death Stranding, um, nice. and I just picked up Dragon Ball Z. So I, it really depends. Like I, I, it depends on the game. I usually will wait until a new game comes out. Like I probably won't get another game until The Last of Us comes out or whatever. One of the, I know there's a bunch of good games coming out this year, um, but for me, I'm not big into multiplayer because when I go online, I almost immediately get my ass handed to me. Like. I would I, when Apex <laughs> yeah. Legends came out, I jumped on it immediately. I was like, "Oh, cool! I can get onto this before people are really good." And then just because of work and life and all that stuff, I didn't have time to really get into Apex like I wanted to. So within like a month, I was I would get sign on and immediately get murked when I would jump into a game. So for me, it's like I get frustrated with that. I need to put. I know I need to invest more time into it. It doesn't come easy. Um, but I wanted to get back to about a little bit about you. Um, we talked a little bit about the fact that you're an esports vet. What, like, what does that mean as far as like to people who aren't into esports? Like, what does that mean? Like, what 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 does that mean to to be an esports vet? Uh, well, veteran means you've seen you've seen the evolution of esports. So, you know, like technology advances so fast, so has esports. I can say just in the last decade, so much has happened. You talked about being so surprised at where esports is now, how big it's getting. It's just incredible. Me being at the beginning of this, and if I can look at myself now, like the young kid who was just bright-eyed about just video games in general, who had just learned about the internet and all these amazing people, if I can talk to that guy, he would be dumbfounded by how big esports is today or just like you you know like you were talking about before if i could explain to my parents what esports would eventually become 
what I believed in then, which didn't make much sense. But, you know, there's a part of me that just wanted that so bad. You know, I play esports. I would love to make, you know, millions off of this. You know, I didn't have numbers in my head, but I wanted to be part of it so badly and, you know, be a celebrity or whatever that was. Today, wow, that's happening for like hundreds of people across the world and more because it's, it's growing, right? Like, it's just amazing. So I think having seen this evolution, having seen people go from like, $50 and maybe some pizza at a, one of those small land tournaments, which was a big deal back then. <laughs> you know, you get your food paid and maybe some gas. That was amazing. To today, walking out with $3 million. Actually, how much did... Okay, so you know the game Fortnite, right? Yes. You know the game. Okay, so this year, I think a teenager, a 16-year-old teenager named Boonga won first place out of 99 other players at the finals, right? He walked away with $3 million cash in his pocket. Yeah, that's nuts. For esports, yeah. That's absolutely insane. So, I... a, vet, a vet has seen exactly that. From pizzas, to fuel pizzas and drinking and going out with your buddies on the weekend to people winning millions of dollars in an event. Like, that's just ridiculous. I mean, with if you keep on that pace, you could retire. I mean, essentially, you could work in your teens and then retire at the age of 20 probably do it casually if you've built up enough of a following to where you can still make money streaming from home and not have to do tournaments to where like you're you, you can basically do whatever you want at that point um, well this is uh this is just like real sports eh? um in a sense that there is a shelf life to being a professional like you're going to be an NFL player or a hockey player there's a there's eventually going to be an age where you won't be able to keep up what is that age? With Do I still have new, a shot? People say it's fairly young right now because you need those uh, you need those sixteen year old reflexes that at eighteen year old twitchy reflexes. I'll, not, I'll say not that like being a thirty one year old stoner. True. I don't have the reflexes like uh, 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 being a thirty one year old stoner to take it to handle esports. You're saying? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that's what they <laughs> thought. But if I'm gonna be more. I guess give you more of a professional take on it. I think it's going to follow the exact same numbers as real sports because there's eventually going to be a point where you're still strong and physically able, but you also have the wisdom that comes into play. So you can hold on a little bit longer into the professional sports world. Right. And I think esports will have the same thing. So to give you some numbers, um, they say men peak around 27 year, year olds. Maybe you can follow up into your thirties. If you got the smarts and you're just that amazing. I you could know, be like a Tom Brady. Like a Tom Brady, just a couple years older, you know, I think I could do it. Yeah, but you still, you still got it. You know, you got the smarts, you can keep up for sure. Uh, But let's say like, you know, maybe in your forties, maybe you got to start thinking about retiring at that point. No. Okay. So, so as, all right. So let me, it's going to stay kind of on topic here, but I've been, I'm big into like, I I think that if you're going to make money, and you're going to try to use your money to work for you. A big thing that I believe in is is investing in things that that interest you or that you are you know fascinated by or that you're passionate about. And so for me, I'm always looking for different investments as far as, you know, I like to invest in comic books and toys and collectibles and and video games and things like that. Um and I I'd have to imagine that as of right now, there's there's a good chance that that it's fairly easy to 
purchase an esports team or fund an esports team. And I have to imagine it's probably not that expensive. Like, I mean, it's I'm sure it's expensive as, as far as, you know, it financially would it would go. Um, but as far as like, if you've got a little bit of money to throw around, do you know anything about that? Or can you give me any insight uh, onto, into like I what know, it costs to run an esports team? It's a good team? debate that I have. Yes. It's a good debate. Uh, that's real. Things are changing right now. We're seeing a new, a new era coming into esports, right? And we're calling this era, the franchise era. Okay. So, so the old era I would say is more of the rock star dream. Where in the sense that you would start off, for example, this is an, another analogy, uh, just like, you know, you would just get with a couple of your buddies, you'll play some instruments, you open up your garage, you jam out, and you're like, hey, you know what, let's tour the country, let's see if we can, you know, if our band takes off or not. So you tour the country, and you try it out with the band. So in esports, you get a couple of your buddies, you decide you're good enough, you decide to book a plane ticket or drive across the country to go to some of these tournaments, and you decide to test your metal to see if you're good enough. Sometimes in, what happens often in music is just one person is really good on the team, right? And he ends up going solo, leaves his friends behind, or maybe the team kind of goes halfway. Same thing as in the Rockstar Dream. You get that solo act. Somebody's got it or somebody doesn't. That kind of happened in eSports. That's the Rockstar Dream where you can be a band of misfits and then you can go up to being the most dominant team Cinderella story in any one of these games. You know, like that's, that's usually the dream for a lot of these kids. But now this is things have changed now because things are getting structured and there's a lot of money being pulled in. We're going into what we call the franchise era where games like uh, League of Legends and Overwatch and now just recently Call of Duty, they're putting in a lot of money for the secure team spots. And the reason they're doing this is to bring more legitimate, a more legitimate presence to these teams, just like you have in the NFL brand names that you can recognize. And that you can buy T-shirts from and root for your team. You know, something stable that the people can get behind. So the Rockstar Dream is still alive, but you only have them in certain games. And now this whole new format of franchising is coming about where you don't have the Rockstar Dream, but you could go off into college, you know, go from school, get scholarships at, in colleges, and then move up to probably these bigger franchise teams later on, just like you would have in traditional sports. So we're getting a very big change right here. So now you just mentioned scholarships. Is esports something that is now being offered in a majority of schools, kind of like any other sport would be offered? Like, is it something that you can participate in um, just like you would get onto a football team? Or is that something that you have to get a scholarship for? Can you walk on? Like, what is, do you know anything about that? Yeah. And the answer is all the above. Okay. It depends on what level you're you're doing, right? So it depends on the colleges. Some colleges are established. Now they've been doing this for years. They have the experience. They have the teachers who actually know how to teach and look at the games and look at the players. So that, those are a little bit more prestige. I can't give you names off the top of my, my head, but we're talking about hundreds and hundreds of schools now. Like, it, it's incredible. And after that, obviously, that leads into college and university. So high schools are giving now classes. You go to college, you can get on these teams, and you can go to university and play with these teams. And again, the whole franchise model, well, then you have Activision, Blizzard, uh, you have Riot Games, who are actually helping out these schools and supporting the schools directly to work like with them and build up these programs. So where the scholarships will happen. So you'll join these teams, and if you're good enough and you're playing really well for the school, 
well, there you go. There's there's some free money for your schooling right there. So you got education all paid for because you're good at a video game. <laughs> that would be like the dream, I'm sure, for most college kids is to get school paid for just for playing video games. And then if you threw in some code red Mountain Dew, I'm sure people would be they would be like over the moon ecstatic. Um, <laughs> right. I don't want to get too into the future of esports because I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about that at the end. But so it sounds like the idea behind whoever's marketing, you know, esports is is the idea is to get it ingrained in culture. So like basically get it on get as many eyes on it as as possible um as much as possible so that way it's almost as normal as sports um regular sports or, or whatever the term would be um what what do you think i don't want to get too too into like the future of esports but what do you think ultimately like the the like we've made it esports is here is it like one day a week, like, you know, like the NFL has Sundays, you know, on Sundays, everybody watches football all day. Do you, do you see it being something like, you know, tournaments on television on ESPN, or do you see it being something that's more like people showing up to a, like a physical convention? Like, what do you see as, as the ultimate goal for esports? Do you see it just being on, on televisions and iPads and, and people's phones or, or how do you see like what what do you think the end game is i guess i'm getting at okay well i think first to answer that there has to be there, there's a there's a big misconception in the numbers and in people's understanding of esports that needs to be cleared up is that we talk about esports as a bunch of games all put together and that's not really fair when we compare it to individual sports games right we're taking right. the numbers completely apart so to answer that question we have to look at games for games Okay. That's what it, that's what it should be like. So to better answer that, we need to look at League of Legends for just League of Legends. We need to look at Overwatch just for Overwatch and break it down per individual game. Each game has its own thing. You play these video games because there's something about it that appeals to you personally, right? Just like there would be for sports. So then to answer that, your question, yeah, it depends on the game. I mean, like a game like Dota, uh, incredible. I think Dota this year had the biggest record for money in one big tournament i think it was uh i think it's a new record 15.6 million it broke last year's record and the year before that and what is the dota? winning team dota is defense of the ancients it's a modification of an old game they turn into its own game kind of like league of legends okay it's uh you can play it on steam and uh it's complicated <laughs> it's a big game but it's incredible. It's one of those games that watching it, if you're new, you won't understand too much what's happening on your screen. But as soon as as you play two, three games, you start understanding how it works. Now you just mentioned. I'm oh, sorry. I, that I, one's filled up an entire stadium. That game is a stadium filled. They had it in Vancouver, I think, for fifteen point six million dollars for that entire event. So it's like a two weeks for qualifications. A huge stadium gets filled up. If you look at the videos. Uh, just recently a documentary was actually just released like a couple of weeks ago for this. Amazing. If you had a chance to watch it, I really suggest you watch it. The stadium is filled. You thought the NFL looked amazing with that huge stadium. Right. Picture the exact same thing, but you have these two little locked up, uh, what do you call that, little booths, and they're lined up with computers inside of it. It's made out of glass so everybody can see them, and they're playing for the biggest prize money in esports. And it's just 
the energy, the roar, the the excitement, everything's right there. So what is a like? Let's let's talk about what a tournament day looks like. Like what? How does it work as far as as does, do do they do rounds? Like for for let's talk about Dota for instance, since that that's one that that fills stadiums. Um, what does a normal day for for a tournament like that look like? Does it start? at 7 a.m., 6 a.m., you know, is it an early day? Is it is it constantly, like, rounds in and out all day? Or how does a, how does a typical day like that go? Um, it's complicated in the sense. Well, it's not complicated. It's kind of like sports, but it kind of takes off on, like, a bigger yearly thing. So you got – if you're Mr. or Mrs. Nobody and you want to get into Dota – uh, you start off by finding some friends, talking to some friends, joining some small online tournaments, make a name for yourself, and you do a lot of socializing. Like any other sport or any business in the world, it's all about being good with people. And if you know how to talk to people, you get onto better teams, so forth and so on, and you work your way up until eventually you make it onto or close to being on one of these big name, uh, big name teams out there, the ones that you recognize and you buy merchandise for. Once you make it onto them, you'll be doing a tour of the world where obviously at that point, if you're sponsored, <laughs> you do tours of the world. You get to go to all these different cities and you get points for your team. If you make you get enough points, you get invited to the internationals. Now, that's the dream, right? The dream is to make it to the internationals, the Dota 2 championships. And from there, it breaks down into group stage, round robin, uh, and uh, yeah, you have to qualify for your different countries, and then obviously it boils down to finally your final brackets, and then you get into this big elimination bracket. <laughs> and from there on, it boils down to finally you have just a few teams left at the end. And when you're at that point, well, this is stadium time. This is where they choose a location. Everybody gets flown in. These are the top people. And these teams get into, I don't know if you know uh, WWE, mm-hmm. but a typical day at that point is stadium fills in, they play your music, they introduce your team, fireworks, smoke goes off, you come off on the side, you run to the stage, everybody's chanting for your team, and they put money into it, right? Valve puts a lot of money into it. So now you can watch it in VR, AR, they have 3D graphics in front of the stage, and they have like all the monsters pop up. That is amazing. <laughs> Absolutely cool. They're taking sports entertainment to another level with this. And you're sweating bullets, but if you're professional, you keep it cool. You wouldn't go into those booths. You keep your eyes on the focus, and you aim to be first one out of there. The difference between first, second, and third is half the millions of dollars. So you're either walking out with $3 million, $1 million, $50,000 for the team. So you really are aiming for first place. Wow. Now, has has, has esports made its way into the Olympics yet? So I think the first time I heard about esports in the Olympics together was when they did their first presentation at the Australian Olympics way back in the day. Okay. They presented it. It got refused. But to we knew it would get refused. Everybody knew that there was no way that esports was going to be presented the first year and get accepted. I don't know how long it took for snowboarding and for a bunch of other sports that are legitimate, but they haven't made it into Olympics. We knew esports <laughs> was not going to be any Olympics, but... We got the name in there and we got the interview per se, right? We got our foot in the door and they were finally hearing about the Olymp- uh, about esports for the first time. Amazing. Then after that, well, kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing. And then we started holding events 
like the Olympics at the same time as the Olympics. And now I think that was last year or the year before. Uh, Beijing, right? We were holding an esports event at the exact same time with gold medals. And that had the Olympic symbol on it, you know, the logo next to it. So slowly, we're starting to push either as a side event that's going to follow the Olympics or eventually maybe make it into the Olympics. So, yeah. So at some point, that that is a goal of, of the community is to get recognized in some way in, in the Olympics. Right. All right. That comes that comes down to the famous uh, argument, are esports athletes athletes? And uh, a couple of years ago, some of my friends went to the X Games. They played Call of Duty. They played Halo, and they walked out with X Games medals. Sorry, I have a mint in my mouth. <laughs> no, that's fine. They walked out with uh, X Games medals, and some of the skier athletes. I think that was a bit of controversy. She's like, "Oh, video game players shouldn't walk out with X Game medals." And people are like, "Yeah, you know, here's the argument. The argument is, tell me if you do the exact same thing. You're a sports player. Tell me if we have anything in common. We study." Outside, all strategies and performance that pertains to getting better at the sport or video game. They're like, yes, okay. Uh, do we put in hundreds of hours of practice and dedication and routine and practice and practice just like you do? Yes. Okay. So there's discipline. There's dedication. Are there injuries? Are there stress and fatigue? Do we go through the same mental and physical wear downs that you do? To a certain degree and to what mentally I would say 100%. Physically, I would argue a lot of sports at that point, you know, from golf to <laughs> to you name it, right? So, yeah, you know, every if you look at the whole entire assembly, most of it is yes, we do. We go through the exact same mythology as actual athletes. We train, we sweat, we stress, we cry, we cheer, all in the same way for the sport and passion that we we uptake. So, in that sense, they say yes, yes, we're we're athletes, and yes. If we go to an extreme sports event, why wouldn't we deserve a medal if we worked hard enough to get it? Yeah, I was going to say, there's got to be like a lot of work that goes. It's not like you just show up. I mean, there's a reason that 31-year-old Perry can't just show up to these tournaments and be like, hey, guys, I'm an esports athlete. Um, it's just uh, you, you've got to put in the time. You've got to. I'm sure there's probably like you watch film just like you would. Uh, you know, watching film for an opponent for a football game. Like you'd probably want to watch um, if you're playing, especially if you're playing a competitive game, I'm sure you probably watch your competitors. You probably have to keep up on what other people are doing trends. Um, you know, if there's, how does it work? Cause I know online, like people have little tricks and stuff to, to kind of, like not necessarily cheats, but how does that work for tournaments? Do they like, are, are they allowed if to, I to, Kind of bend I will the rules. give you the the rules. The rules are pretty strict, but I guess it's in any from. It, I don't think I don't I don't think it matters what discipline or what sport or video game you're thinking about. But winners like to push the game, their skills. They like to push the people. I think that's all part of why we enjoy this form of entertainment. They like to push everything as far as it can go, and. That sometimes goes with the rules. We, If you watch soccer or football, we need referees to stick around to keep an eye on these professional athletes because if they're unchecked, they're going to try to push everything as far as they can go. So, yeah, there, there, is, there is rules. Uh, compared to traditional sports, rules are kind of ingrained into the game. So it's a little bit harder to break them. 
but there are some things that you shouldn't be doing, you know? So there's the physical person. There's obviously, because we're on national television now, language, all that kind of stuff. Uh, some of the stuff that I saw as an amateur growing up, we could no longer do because cameras are there. <laughs> uh. So there's been a big shaping up in uh, the attitude. But uh, yeah, to answer more precisely, there are things in games like getting into like some illegal spots or maybe uh, you know doing something that like a glitch sometimes that they haven't had a time to patch. If you do it in a tournament and the referee's there or somebody can like videotape it or something, yeah, you're gonna get disqualified. So. Two things before I move on, because I wanted to talk to you about, uh, I wanted to ask about something else here. Um, but okay. the first one that I was going to say w was, uh, are you able to tell us what type of stuff you were doing before the cameras came around? Uh, yeah, well, I can Just give you a little bit of, if you can. I can answer, I can answer that question and kind of like follow up into what, an esports athlete's uh, like uh, journey path would look like today. Okay. And so to speak. So uh, obviously, some things haven't changed. Where it's just you, your friends. You go up to these tournaments. You sign up online or in person. Sometimes five dollars cash in. Uh, we go up to these tournaments, and winning attitudes a winning attitude. So sometimes with your friends, you know how competitive people can be. I don't know if you played any sports, but same thing happens where the classic shit talking <laughs> would endure. And I can tell you some of my stories where I've been to enough tournaments and I'm very confident in my gameplay. And when you're playing on LAN, there's no lag. There's no internet bullshit, so to speak. All right. <laughs> so you can feel confident. I feel very confident. When I'm on LAN, there, I call myself a LANimal because that's what I've become <laughs> when I'm at there. And I will start shit-talking people. I, one of the big examples I can think of is I was at a small tournament for Halo and I was playing with this person. I was not expecting to do well at all, but it was the opposite. We were doing so good that I would just put down my controller, take off my headset, look over the TVs, and I have the player sitting right in front of me. And I would look him dead in the eyes, and I'm like, dude, I don't even need to know what to play. And I would, my tone would just get louder and louder, and I'd be screaming, like, what are you doing? Go home. And it's, I'm not going to say exactly everything I said at that moment, but you could imagine the intensity that comes out of those tournaments where it was not just about playing the game but it was also the game playing in the other person's head you know you want to tilt them you want to make them play bad you want to set them off their game if they got emotional you know they were not playing well anymore and you're guaranteed to win after that so the tournaments were like that a lot like that and i'm i consider myself pretty nice of a guy but let's just say new york or other places where they had tournaments uh it wasn't always nice and cheerful some big stories and incidents have happened in the past now I um I can I can a hundred percent testify that that video games get super heated. I mean I've been I think I've had friends like punch me in the face before. We've thrown controllers into the TV. Like it it, it gets to the point where your emotions get heated. Now I know in like for like for sports and and when you watch NBA or the NFL or you know even with MLB or or uh, with with you know soccer or any, any of those sports um one of the big things is that if there's a bad call or there's a call that you think should have gone your way 
one of the things people do is they like to lay into the officials or the refs or the umpires or whatever you want to call them. Is that a big thing in, in esports as well? Is that like, I know you talked a little bit about the officiating, but is that something that like, do people get ejected? Have, have has any players ever gotten ejected for, you know, shit talking the refs or um, how does that yeah, work? Yeah, there's, there's been a lot of incidents. Uh, MLG has had its fair share of incidents. And I think that's expected from any sport or esports. At, at this point, I think it's anything that gets your blood pumping, right? You're a red-blooded individual, and if you get heated enough, you are not going to be 100% in control of yourself and in the moment. So, yeah, there has been some incidents. Of course, there's been incidents. I think it's changed a lot, though, where back in the day, it was kind of like a bit of monkeying around where there wasn't enough structure. But because these leagues have come such a far, like a long like it's a lot has shown up. Like if I take hockey, hockey is a very, very physical sport and we're kind of known for fighting a lot and, and hockey right. is kind of ingrained into the sport itself. And, but no, esports, I, I would say that, uh, you know, being a little toxic is kind of ingrained into esports the same way, but there is a certain path. So when you go from being an amateur to a semi pro, you get sponsorships, you get contracts. And, uh, if you take, uh, for example, um, Overwatch. There was a couple of examples of some toxic toxicity or some players even being out of time. They're no longer playing their tournaments. They're streaming or they did something and they said things or did things that were no longer appropriate. And because they signed these contracts, they get fined money. Mm. They get kicked out of tournaments. You're going to be benched. You're going to be paying, you know, like $2,000, $5,000 because you let slip one stupidity out of your mouth that should not have been there. So, yeah, in a very amateur stage, you will see that it's not as officiated. But as you go up and as you get more skill and as the sponsorships come in, you are thinking not just about yourself, but the thousands of people watching you. That's where you're going to get slapped on the wrist. So, yeah, it's, it change, it's changing. It depends on where you are situated. If you're an amateur, obviously, like I said, it is what it is. But as you go up, there's a responsibility that's going to weigh on your shoulders. Now, you mentioned toxicity a little bit. Um, and earlier in the podcast, you had talked about some people living like wanting to live that rock star lifestyle as an esports athlete. Does that ever combine like the toxicity and then the desire to be a rock star? Does that ever combine? And, you know, you get these, you know, I, if you think about like the stories from like the eighties of like. I hate to keep bringing up the NFL, but even if you go like back to like, I'm sure in the NHL as well, just of, you know, people partying and, you know, they've, you've got stories of people with strippers. And I know that esports athletes are typically younger, but you still get the, the you know, the 21 to 22 year olds. That, is that an issue in esports at all? Is that is that something that like ever becomes are there like any stories that will be coming out like down the road of like an esports team that you know did a bunch of crack and then stayed up just for went on a 48 hours. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then one uh, yeah yeah that's yes of course there there is there's stories i mean i'm not gonna bring up names because <laughs> that'd be a very no you don't have to me. blow up anybody but spots, i can but... give up i can give you some like less less hazardous industry uh for example there was a big tournament here 
uh, for Counter-Strike, one of the professional tournaments where they have these professional teams come in. And uh, it's a three-day tournament, right? So you come in on Friday, you play some games, you start off the tournament, you know, either to qualify or find out where you are. Then Saturday, Sunday, it starts to boil down. And then finally, on Sunday, you're probably going to have your top eight teams, right? So some teams like to come in on Friday because it's just qualifying rounds. They don't take it too seriously. So they come mm. into a city. They know the city is a nice city. So as a team, they decide to go out. And then the next day, they decide to skip their first couple of matches because they're a little bit too hungover. Mm. This is a sponsored professional team that tours right. the world. Is That's incredibly imp- like unprofessional. Couldn't they have waited to either get disqualified or wait till Sunday right. You know, to party it up before Saturday? So yeah, this... It does happen. So I mean, it does happen. You have this in all sports. It's I like I said, like when esports was started, I guess it was a lot more wilder. So it happened all the time, all the time. Now it's starting to. I guess I wouldn't say that it's disappeared, but it's out. It's not in front of the cameras, right? So a lot of people know how to behave more or less, and then they take a little bit more as an adult should take it. So. When you're talking like uh, teams, um, competitive teams for esports players, are they usually like what does it really matter if you're a tight knit group of friends or like have you seen success from teams that are, you know, a, a group of mercenaries who just are just killers when it comes to playing video games? Um, or do you think that? Th- that the teams work better because I know like when in professional sports, you know, whenever you see a team that wins at any level, um, they usually have some type of com- camaraderie or um, friendship. Is it better for te- for athletes in esports to to be friends with each other on a team, or does that even really affect anything at all? No, it affects everything. It affects absolutely everything from day one. Okay. Uh, the best way I could say this is uh, I've seen <laughs> I've seen a lot of uh, switches and team changes. And when you have a team that's used to winning all the time and they stop winning, you, how quickly they fall apart, right. um, how quickly it is for people to turn on each other in a matter of one game. Kamadri uh, plays a lot. I've, I've seen a good bunch of professionals come together who are not on the same team but their skills are just unmatched right these are the best players in the world they come together they take it seriously they all know what they're doing but they come against a team of friends who've been playing together non-stop for four or five years this team of these this group of friends are not individually scaled as a pro individually scaled they would get destroyed absolutely destroyed right. but because they've been playing for such a long time together they have a call out in a system. They know exactly how to fall back onto each other. Absolutely destroy professional players. Yes, 100%. If you have teamwork and strategy and you've been practicing for a long time and you just can, you know, you can do a lot of stuff without actually having to say much because you right. know you can trust the other person and know, you know how they feel, you can destroy professional teams, 100%. So Kamadri is a big one. So if you're talking about professional team versus professional team, well, dude, I think the answer is right there, right? You right. need to have that camaraderie. You need to have that teamwork. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> I wanted to ask you a little bit about, because we're going to probably start wrapping it up here shortly, but I wanted to ask you a little bit about Montreal Gaming. Um, you mentioned is that that's your website. 
Yeah, it's a uh, it's a community website that I put together to kind of uh, build up the local community. So when I got into it and I was looking for other passionate people like I was, uh, when I looked up gaming in, on Google, all I got was the lottery, lottery in the the provincial lottery at the time. So I was like, okay, gaming is attributed to gambling, right? There was nothing about esports and video games. So when I started Montreal Gaming, my first order of business was to bring gaming to the forefront of the internet and try to attract other passionate people like I was. And so is that like a, you say it's a community website. Is that something that uh, other gamers can contribute to or is it something that you strictly run solo um, and you produce all the content for? Uh, so the artic- I'll write an article every once in a while. But uh, I'd have to say my schedule is a lot busier because uh, we have tournaments. We yeah. have uh, a lot of local tournaments. I do a lot of promotion of all the local tournaments. And from there, we'll take people and specialists from the community itself. So because I, don't have, I can't physically play all the games at the best of like peak performance, I will get somebody who does play League of Legends all the time and who knows the local scene. Mm. And I'll get him to come on board and write about this tournament. And I will get all these different communities to kind of like touch on each other through Montreal Gaming. So if you do League of Legends stuff, you contribute. If you do Super Smash Brothers stuff, you contribute, so forth. And that way, everybody gets a little bit more exposure. And, you know, I kind of bring, I tightly knit everybody. Nice. What, who's your, uh, I wanted to ask you this before, but I completely forgot. Who's, who's your hockey team? Uh, here in Montreal, we have the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, that's what I figured. I'm a Boston Bruins fan. I'm originally from You're Boston. You're a Boston guy. Okay, so yeah. we have a friendly rivalry between <laughs> us. Yeah, friendly is a, a, a nice way to put it. Yeah. But I think it's passion-fueled. You guys are always welcome here. We're welcome over there. There's well, buses but- that go straight to Boston all the time. It's a well-known trip over here we have fun going in there i haven't been i've been i live on the west coast now currently um and so i i've gone up to vancouver but i haven't been to montreal um and i know that vancouver hates the bruins just as much as um montreal but um (laughs) it's always fun when those teams get together to play um their original six correct montreal's original six Right, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's um that's the big rivalry there. So I, that's why I was going to ask you that because I had a feeling that you were a, a Montreal Canadiens fan. Um, are you uh do, are you big into is is hockey a big esports pull? Is that something that that's a bit got a big draw? Like I know Madden's uh, pretty big. Yes. Yes, of course. Uh, you know, I would say that NHL and the hockey teams are a little bit more hesitant to contribute and jump into esports. But if you look at, for example, the Montreal Canadiens, in the last decade or so, they've managed to double up their revenue stream mm. by adopting social media and stuff like that. So I went, I think they went from like 100,000, 100 million in revenue to 200 million now today. And they're growing, right? It's just growing. like, And that's that's attributed to the fact that they can keep up with you know getting to their fans etc cetera, etc cetera. but they're always just one step behind and they do that because they like to be sure where they put their foot right it's a multi-million dollar franchise that they're holding right so when they when they put down their foot they know they're heavy they don't want to go through so they stabilize and they walk really slowly but they walk so you know but yeah you know on that note yeah i, they, I think eventually they will i trust esports i know esports is not going anywhere so yeah they hockey will go in. We know NFL is there. They're bigger. 
they're they went. Obviously, NHL is going to go next. Do you uh, do you play the NHL games like the the video games? <laughs> yes, I am absolutely garbage, but yeah, I do play it. They're fun. I think that those games are like are pretty underrated as far as as the level of fun that they are. I think Madden gets a lot of attention, but like if you throw in an NHL, especially one of the newer games, I mean, it is hard because you've got to control everything down to like you know deking and passing and then you've got to switch to different players and uh but yeah it's crazy to think like i was playing because i have a lot of the old school video game systems too i have a regular nes i have a super nintendo i have a sega genesis um i've got a i think that's it um but yeah and i've 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 got one of those old hockey games i think it's for i want to say it's for the nes and just like going from that to what where they are now it's even with virtual reality and all that stuff. I think that um, it's only going to get bigger. So I guess I'd want to finish up here. We usually do about an hour, but um, I, let's finish up with uh, w- we talked a little bit about the future of esports earlier. But I guess I want to ask you from your like from your perspective, what is what is a win for esports in the next, uh, let's say, five, ten years for for you personally as a fan, as somebody who's been around the block with esports, like what is what is ideally what does esports look like to you in the next five, ten years? Well, I think you said as a fan, that's that's how I approach everything. I mean, every, everything's a passion. I, I learned a couple of things along the way. So the idea of wanting to go in esports and just like just be in esports, I feel like that's that's good. But the maturity that I got through it was that Esports is like any other industry and the sense that like any other industry, we need jobs to fill up. We need all kinds of jobs, people who are good at copy editing. We need lawyers. We need, uh, you know, we need we need the whole plethora of skills from business to entertainment to. So that's one thing I've learned over time is that, you know, being good at at esports is not just picking up a controller and becoming professional players, but there's so many avenues that you can contribute in. And that has led me to, I guess, the the career that I've had. So being, you know, like I told you at the beginning, just being a fan of all these amazing people and just wanting to contribute. I think at 19, I helped out T-Squared. He had a gaming lesson online website. We got that into the business, the Wall Street Journal, actually, at the time. Uh, so, yeah, I was 19. Uh, yeah, he, I helped him out. He got that into Wall Street Journal. That was huge. My parents didn't want to listen to that. They didn't understand. <laughs> Uh, he got it twice in the Wall Street Journal just because T Squared at the time was the player and kind of the face of MLG where he was the kid who dropped high school to become a full-time professional player. And he got a three-year contract. He was making bank. <laughs> there was the, uh, he had a series on TV. I think he had a, a pro tip thing on uh, G4 Tech's TV. Mm. G4 Tech TV, yeah. Uh, and then that kind of turned into like, hey, you know, I could, maybe I can run my own tournament. So then I became, I went to logistics, planning, Stuff like that. Talking about the future, I think that's where the future is. Schools are getting involved. People are getting involved. They're asking, how do I get involved? There's so many ways. Like, find out what you're good at. Find out what you like to do in everyday life. And come apply that to esports, you know? Like, that's that's what we need. And there's hundreds of ways for people to contribute. And because, of, because money is rolling in, there's going to be a job for you. 100%. So... Yeah, I mean, we had Michael Jordan this year. We had Drake invest. We had DJ Marshmallow, who was uh, 
doing a uh, online set for Fortnite. I think he attracted one of the biggest live online viewerships ever. Broke some records right there. We finally passed over a billion dollars in esports. So, you know, the entire esports ecosystem is worth over a billion dollars now. Uh, where we're projected to go, it's just going to grow. Just going to grow. <laughs> so, yeah, to answer like, ah, uh, geez. What I'd like to see. I want to see this keep growing. I'd love to keep seeing people come into esports and enjoy, make friends in, in the, in the, and grow as people like I've, like I've seen esports grow. You know, like the biggest people I admire and the, some of my best friends and some of the best marriages and coupleships that I've seen have come through their passion for esports, from going to these tournaments, from going to these stadiums, from going online playing and just bonding with each other. If I can see more people connect, that's what esports is about at the end of the day. It's in the form of entertainment. If I can see people connecting in the future and it just continues to grow, then yeah. I mean, I never expected we'd be here one day and it would grow so big. So if it continues, that'd be huge. Well, Joey, thank you again for coming on. Uh, we definitely have to do this again. I want to do, I want to probably do a follow up, you know, at some point in the near future. Um, just because I, I feel like we barely scratched the surface as far as all the, the esports stuff goes. Um, I appreciate you giving us a nice kind of concise little overview of what esports is. Um, I, I'm, exci I'm excited to do, I have a couple more interviews lined up with other professionals from esports. Um, so I'm excited to kind of put them all together and, um, and have a nice little hopefully uh, entertaining and um, educating seg series on, on eSports. So Joey Lux, thanks again. Can you tell people where they can find you or, you know, if you've got social media that you want to plug, um, go ahead and let people know where, the, where they can find you. Yeah. Okay. So you can find me mostly on Twitter, official underscore Lux, L-U-C-K-E-S. Uh, I tweet about just gaming stuff. Uh, I hit up some pros. I try to stream every once in a while, like any other good gamer. But uh, mostly, uh, you'll find me at probably your local tournament. So I like to go around, and if you're at one, we'll probably cross paths. And it was uh, MontrealGaming.com was the website? So yeah, that's my community stuff. So if you want to see what's happening inside of Montreal, uh, that's where you go, MontrealGaming.com. Awesome. Joey Lux, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate you um, stopping by and talking with me. Um, and I'll talk to everybody next week. All right, well, thanks for having me on the Itty Bitty Podcast. All right, man, later. All right, later. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Itty Bitty Podcast. That was the first in a couple of episode series that we're going to do on eSports. I hope you liked it. Uh, this shit's interesting as fuck to me, so I'm really excited to get these episodes out. We're going to put up a couple questions. Um, so if you have any questions that you want for the next episode that we do, put them up there if you're interested in more um, stay on the lookout for that. Make sure that you're going through ittybittypodcast.com to subscribe, rate, review, download, all that stuff. Uh, it helps me out tremendously, and I'll see you next week. Thanks.